Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat episode, we're going to talk about how employee recognition and incentives have evolved and ways experiential rewards can strengthen the employee experience and be a key factor in retaining and attracting employees. My awesome guest this time is Jonathan Irvine, Head of Business Development at Blueboard, an employee recognition and incentives platform powered by hand-curated experiences. The company claims to make it easy for companies to give meaningful employee rewards, incentives and gifts from one-of-a-kind to once-in-a-lifetime experiences. Companies including the Trade Desk, GoPro and USI Insurance use Blueboards to reward their top performance with experiences. Think local adventures like skydiving, couples massage, learning to surf or luxury incentive travel in lieu of cash or gift cards. John, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Well, thank you, Bill. It's a pleasure to be here. So beyond my wee introduction there, John, why don't you start by telling our listeners a wee bit about yourself and telling them about the mission of Blueboard? As you said, I'm as a head of business development at Blueboard, and um, I have been in the incentive recognition and engagement space longer than I usually like to admit, and I'm passionate about the topic. And Blueboard is, we don't say we're the world's leading experiential rewards and recognition company and platform. Um, and I say world, I mean, we offer thousands of experiences across the globe. Currently, I believe we're in over 72 countries. And our mission is literally to help people challenge their comfort zones, indulge in their passions, and try something new. We really do believe that experiences can change lives for the better and can change companies. And we've seen that. We see it every day. Um, our experiences build impact, anticipation, deliver a measurable engagement impact. And we have the data to back, to back that up. And it's really exciting. Okay. Did you hear that, listeners? John claims to have the data to back that up. Maybe I'll challenge him on that later on. We'll see with one of my piercing questions. But just for now, uh, at, at a higher level, John, you, you work with lots of HR folks at Blueboard, of course. What, what do they seem to be focused on right now as, as we kick off a, a new calendar year? Okay, first and foremost, the fact that they got through another really challenging year. I mean, we're seeing burnout among our HR clients at, at a kind of troubling level. Um, other than that, as they try to fight through their own challenges, as they try to support people who are dealing with the hybrid work environment and everything else that's going on, they're focused on employee retention. I mean, they're still experiencing or feeling the effects from the great resignation, which sounded like a cute name for a phenomenon, but is actually a real thing. And certainly attracting the right talent somewhat as a result of that. Um, And then fighting low employee engagement. Um, Most companies are shifting to or about to shift to the hybrid work world. How do you drive employee fulfillment? How do you create fulfilled employees? Um, with that as the umbrella. So really, it's recruiting challenges, retention challenges, employee engagement. And then of course, there's diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is becoming more and more and more critical. Okay, thank you very much. Now then, as part of your answer there, John, you mentioned employee fulfillment. That's a good term. I like that term. Uh, what does employee fulfillment look like? And um, why should companies care? Well, there's lots of different definitions of employee fulfillment. fulfillment. Um, but really it's when we're working in alignment with our intrinsic motivations and we gain a sense of purpose. 
So we like to talk about most loved employers. Um, how do you create a most loved employer phenomenon in your own workplace? And most loved employers have fulfilled employees. So those are people who are taking satisfaction and pride with the work. That's pretty simple. Um, they're connected to their team and their workplace, and they're aligned with the values of their organization. And it's it's really critical, uh, probably today more than ever, ever. It drives higher employee retention, better quality employee engagement. Um, certainly it can enhance or be enhanced by a culture of recognition <clears throat> and more motivation. And it's that intrinsic motivation that comes from the sense of being fulfilled and connected. Um, and we'll talk more, I think, uh, I'll certainly want to talk more about um, motivation and fulfillment and the sense that how can companies really manage emotion better. How can people, leaders and, and HR departments and companies create this culture of employee fulfillment? Well, like everything we're talking about, it starts at the top. Um, leadership has to see employee fulfillment as being critical to the organization. They have to walk the talk. Um, everything else is just a Band-Aid if that's not the case. Now, people need to see and identify with the purpose of what they're doing. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, Bill, people just want to be part of something good. Right. And then lastly, a topic that's near and dear to our hearts by really driving a culture of genuine recognition. And I say genuine because recognition, first and foremost, has to be genuine. Um, and that's where experiences come in. Um, I mentioned emotion before. Companies are great at transactions, but they tend to really struggle with emotion. And as we are in this hybrid workplace today, the emotional aspect of the being that is the employee is more and more and more and more important. And it must be embraced and it has to be cared for. I was gonna say managed, but I don't mean that. It sounds manipulative. It's the opposite of manipulation, it's caring. Okay, let's get into some of the details now then, John. Um, maybe you can take a couple of minutes here and sort of paint a picture for us. Uh, give, give, give us the lowdown in terms of what a, a recognition program could look like that would actually make a difference? Sure. First, let me say that I've seen multiple examples of companies thinking that the existence of a recognition program is success. You know, a little bit of, okay, I checked that box. And nothing could be further from the truth. I've seen companies go from program to program to program, and it's essentially different flavors of the same broth. It's just not effective because A, there isn't the leadership buy-in, and B, it's just a Band-Aid on a bad culture. You can't fix that. But beyond that answer, let's say that the company really is involved and engaged with driving a culture of recognition. Um, I'm going to go back to my statement about transactions and that companies are great at transactions but struggle with emotion. Um, engagement and fulfillment is an inherently emotional thing. And we as human beings are inherently emotional creatures. And that's why gift cards, cash, and in many cases, points um, as a reward and a recognition program is, is generally a challenge. Because a recognition moment should feel like your company is giving you a hug. And as soon as you introduce something monetary into a recognition moment, it becomes inherently transactional. You've mitigated any emotional impact and made it again a transaction that's that's actually how we came to be our founder one of our co-founders kevin um 
years ago, he busted his tail for months on a project. He was one of, one of the major accounting firms. And I mean, to the point that he was gaining weight and wasn't healthy and he really, really worked his tail off. And afterwards, his manager came in and handed him a gift card. And it left him so cold because immediately it wasn't a genuine thing. It wasn't something meaningful to him. It was a dollar amount. And immediately he's thinking all the extra hours he worked, the time he put in and the weeks and how many weeks and dividing this gift card amount by that many weeks. And it's just the opposite of what the company wanted to accomplish. But it left him so cold, he came up with the idea for Blueboard. <clears throat> all the things that the company could have done with him, he happens to love boxing. And he thought, I can't afford the gym membership I want. And my boss knows that. She could have gotten me a six-month gym membership. For less than this gift card, it would have meant so much more. That's impactful. Another thing is that experiences are inherently emotional and shareable. <clears throat> I'll go back to emotion again, right? But let's talk about transmitting that emotion across the organization. I won't share that I got a check, <clears throat> that I got a check or a $500 gift card. But I will share that I and my family swam with dolphins or that I learned to fly an airplane or that my kids and I got a telescope and learned about the night sky from an astronomer. And those are all real examples, by the way, of experiences that we offer, we have thousands of them. And that's all really shareable. You see it every day. People share it on Slack, on Teams, on, their, on Facebook, on whatever social media they're a part of, right? And the rest of the organization sees that and picks up on it. I'm not going to share that I got a $1,200 bonus check, but I am going to share that I swam with dolphins with my kids. And that impacts the entire team the entire employee base. I mean, one, one thing to think about, Bill, is that as we're in this hybrid workplace and everybody's on Zoom calls or Uber conference or whatever it is, we're, we're seeing each other's dogs. We're seeing the cat get up on the desk. We're seeing the children running around behind us. And that's okay. Three years ago, it might not have been as okay as it is now, but that's okay. And it's now becoming embraced. I once sat in a meeting the other day and a, kid, a guy had his eight-month-old child on his lap. And it wasn't just okay, it was embraced. She was the star of the meeting, right? That's a fundamental shift in how people are interacting with their coworkers and how companies are interacting with their employees. And embracing that from a recognition standpoint, it's just as critical. I am now giving you time back with your family, doing something you would have never dreamed to do. You and your significant other go and take trapeze lessons because you've always wanted to fly on the trapeze or be a trapeze artist. That is impactful recognition on a whole other level and we see it every day. And in terms of socializing the program itself, very rarely when you see a recognition program getting socialized across an organization, is anybody talking about the rewards? Well, when the rewards are fundamentally defining the program, that is an impactful program. Love it. What a fantastic answer. There is so much in there, John. Um, but I'm going to try and uh, unpack it a little bit with you. So one thing that I found particularly interesting in that answer, and, and I, I suspect our listeners might too, is um, you, you touched upon um, how uh, experiential rewards can can actually be good for for social advocacy uh which is the, something that never occurred to me before i think you use the example of you know someone's happy to um to post on social that they've been swimming with dolphins um but they wouldn't 
um, put on social that they've just received a, a, a bonus or something um, or a gift card. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, uh, this is a little bit of conjecture, but maybe, maybe you can um, talk in, in terms of conversations that you've had with your clients. But that, what, what kind of difference does that make in terms of attraction and, and, and retention? Uh, of of employees then particularly the attraction side i guess if we're talking about you know uh, your 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 employees are becoming advocates for your company and, and they're sharing all these awesome things that you're doing uh for them and, and therefore that's that's going to attract uh, potential new talent right well yeah we have clients using it to do that every day <clears throat> um it's a differentiator and that's one of the most difficult things how do you become the employer of choice right and everybody's got a 401k, just about everybody's got healthcare. Um, so you go down to benefits. Well, a few images of some incredible experiences and people will share images. They will share photographs and videos. So you take a few of those with permission and you put those on your recruitment website or you share those with the potential people that you're trying to recruit. Um, now you're different. That's a rewards program on steroids. That's showing culture on a whole different level. That's just not a foosball table in the coffee room, right? This is this is different, and we're seeing that every day. We're also seeing um, experiences used with referral programs, employee referral programs, um, different than a cash bonus. Okay, this is unique, right? It's not that I'm going to get five hundred dollars if Sam stays for ninety days. I'm going to get to learn to fly an airplane, right? That's a whole different level of reinforcement. I'd like to learn how to fly an aeroplane, John. Jeez. That, that, that sounds pretty good. Okay. Another another follow-up to, to to the the answer where you're talking about what the what that process could look like. Um how how do HR departments, how do managers go about trying to understand what types of experiences their employees would would want i'm guessing the simple answer is they have they have real conversations with them and try and get it you know they're they're intrinsic motivators but maybe maybe it's more complex than that Uh, maybe those touch points don't always happen and and instead an hr department would select based on a category of experiences that blue board offers so talk to me a bit about that process it's a great question The, the simple answer is they don't have to right the way it works with Blueboard is that the only thing the HR department decides is what they want to spend per, per experience. And then when an employee logs onto our platform, they are taken to a collection of experiences at that price point. And it could be anywhere from 50 to 100, depending on where they are in the world, because that's the first thing they tell us is where are they, right? And they are presented with a combination of in-home experiences, Thank you, COVID. We now have hundreds and hundreds of in-home experiences, um, local experiences directly, you know, drivable from where they are, and then experiences that are available across the globe. And of course, the higher the price point, the more travel is included, and people can travel when and where they're ready. But what we find is that managers learn about their employees based upon what experiences they choose. Um, the woman I mentioned who went, who learned the trapeze, her manager had no idea she'd always wanted to try the trapeze. Um, I would have never known, Bell, as your manager, that you'd learn to, love to learn to fly. Uh, but I would find out if you chose that as your experiential reward. And that's, so that's how it works. The employee actually gets to choose. We have these, we have thousands of curated experiences for them to choose from. So the manager or the HR department doesn't need to choose. The employee does the choosing. 
makes sense to me sounds like you guys have got your all your ducks in a row and uh, folk can just jump in and, and pick what they want um okay so what why are transactional rewards like cash and gift cards no longer enough then to, to incentivize and, and motivate employees i mean you gave that wonderful example um of, of kevin's experience there um uh, which made which, which resonated with me but you know just what what, it, what is that case to sort of drive that that case home a little bit more take a minute or two to do that to, to explain why the traditional uh forms of, in, of incentives and rewards like cash and gift cards just you know they just don't cut it these days well there's a number of reasons um with cash the challenge is justifiability if i give you five thousand dollars and say do something special you can't justify in most cases not you bill but anybody can't justify spending all of that on a wonderful reward for myself some of it's going to go to the 401k or to you know the college fund or repairing the deck or the roof uh, i'm going to do something responsible with it if i give you a five thousand dollar experience you have no choice but to treat yourself and you take you and your significant other on that bucket list trip to iceland or whatever it might be right so justifiability that's critical. Um, but just as important as that is the fact that we're, if we give cash or gift cards, we're monetizing whatever behavior has been um, exhibited. And it's, it's, it, it's an inherently unemotional thing. Unless you give somebody a life-changing amount of money, it's not, it's not emotional. It's a transaction. And recognition should never ever be a transaction it is the one time a company gets to genuinely give its employee a hug cash is never a hug unless you paid someone to come over to you and give you a hug i suppose but otherwise no you're absolutely right um okay so what what can companies expect after taking steps towards building a culture of employee fulfillment through through incentive recognition then you know what, what what are those what are those kpis john what, what are those key deliverables well maybe you can talk to me a little bit about retention rate we, we spoke about att attraction quite a bit earlier on maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, retention rate maybe you can talk about engagement so sh share 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 a little bit there yeah i think it's important to state that the end goals are no different than any other form of recognition right the end goals are higher employee retention better quality employee engagement um, really having a culture of recognition, having more motivated and passionate employees. There's research around discretionary effort, right? How much discretionary effort are we getting? So there's business reasons that recognition makes a ton of sense. And recognition is not the sole driver of engagement, far from it, but it is one of the pillars of driving engagement. So the business outcomes aren't different. It's that experiences are a different and more effective way to vector into those business outcomes than a typical recognition program. So the business outcomes are what the business outcomes are. And people will talk about it correlating to stock performance or return on equity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, some of those are a little bit debatable, but what is not debatable is that higher performing companies across the globe do have higher employee engagement and tend to have true cultures of recognition and experiences are a way to pivot the recognition conversation into something that is much more effective and actionable. Okay, John, thank you very much. Uh, I, would, I just want to continue down this line of questioning just one more one more time, if you don't mind, and then actually we're going to be looking to wrap up. Um, and, and that's, I just want to challenge you a little bit, really. Can, maybe you can share any, any statistics around how experiential learning 
can, can make employees happier, more well-rounded and performing at higher levels. Sure, there's lots of statistics around how effective recognition makes um, employees more likely to stay at a company and perform higher. Um, what I can do is share some blue board specific statistics. After people go on an experience, we give them a quick little survey. And the results are pretty astonishing, to be honest, unlike anything I've seen in my career. Um, we asked them, do they think blue board positively impacts the company culture? And that number is 95% agree with that. And this is across thousands and thousands of people, right? Um, we asked them, did blue board, does blue board experience make you feel appreciated? And it's almost 100% say yes. Uh, do you believe the blue board helps your company retain top talent? That's an interesting question. I love that we asked that. And it's over 95% say yes. And here's the powerful one. Do you feel motivated to perform at the same level or higher? 95% say yes. Those are some pretty solid statistics in my opinion, Bill. Not too shabby, John. Not too shabby at all. Okay, sir, before we wrap up for today, uh, I'm sad to say because it, it's gone very quickly. Um, maybe you can share with our listeners how they can connect with you. So perhaps that's through your LinkedIn. Maybe you want to share uh, your Blueboard email address. Maybe you're really cool and you're on TikTok or something. Um, and uh, perhaps you can also tell them about how they can learn more about all the cool things happening over at Blueboard. Sure. To get in touch with me personally, probably my personal email, which I'm happy to share, which is John, J-O-N, no H, J-O-N dot Irvine, I-R-V-I-N-E, at blueboard.com. And if they want to learn more, the best place is our website. And you can browse around on there, lots and lots of information, click the blog, tons of, of knowledge share on the blog. And then, of course, on our landing homepage, excuse me, on our homepage, Top right is a big red button that says request a demo. Happy to show anybody anytime what we're actually talking about when we're talking about experiences and what a game changer it can be. Wonderful. Well, John with no H, that just leaves me to say for today, sir, uh, I've had a lovely time with you. I've enjoyed this conversation. So thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you very much for having me, Bill. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed it as well. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.